will introduce today's speaker, and it's Sarah. I was just thinking, you know, we're, we're over with the holidays, which I get kind of like when the holidays are over. This week I packed up our Christmas stockings and little tiny nativity set that we have, and I felt kind of sad, like, oh, all the fun is over. But then I remembered, well, but we've got fun things going on here. We've got some great things going on. We're, we're in this new series that's called When Walls Come Down, and it's going to lead us into uh, 40 Days of Faith, which starts Septem- uh, September, <laughs> September, February 18th which is this Lenten experience that we all do as a church. It goes on for six weeks where we lean into some spiritual practices and great things happen. This, week, or this year, the theme is going to be becoming human. Do you want to be human? Then, then come to this, this thing so you too can be human. So today I have the pleasure of speaking to you Uh, I wanted to do a little recap of where we're at so then we can move forward from there. Over the past few months, we've been exploring the big arc of God's redemptive story that has slowly but surely been moving humanity towards radical inclusion, towards all of us belonging in the big universe of God's love and grace taking down walls that bring alienation and division. We read last week from Ephesians, where Apostle Paul talks about the secret hidden plan of God finally revealed through Christ. Paul says, God revealed his secret plan and made it known to me. In past times, human beings were not told the secret, but God has revealed it now by his spirit. And that plan is to connect all things That's what Jesus stands for. And he goes on to talk about Christ came to break down the walls of hostility that exist between groups of people. And these walls aren't just the faith of the old covenant. This kind of dividing and segregating has happened and is happening all over the world. It's a human condition You can see it as plainly as this past week's headlines. We humans tend to give into separation, divisiveness, alienation between groups or countries, ethnicities, and orientations. It's a real force at work in the world. But... God's plan is to connect everything and everyone in Jesus. That is the ultimate direction it's going. And that is good news. So in this sermon series, when walls come down, we're going to take a look at these topics. Talking about walls that exist in this world and what that might mean to us today right now in New York City in the 21st century. And today, I'd like to take a look at the walls that exist inside of us. Because it seems to me that much of the alienation and separation and divisiveness that is at work in our world originates from somewhere deep 
inside the heart. So we want to get down to the nitty-gritty specifics of how those walls get built. I like nitty-gritty. I go there quite easily and happily. And I love the, the uh, balancing. Charles last year, or last year, last week, talked about the big overarching story, where we've been and where we're going with God in his plan, in his purpose, his mission. And it's exciting and it's inspiring and it's energizing. And then I get to follow up and say, okay, so now what does that look like in your life today? The nitty gritty. Kind of like Google Earth, where we start by looking at the big wide universe and then we slowly zoom in to the street where we live. That's very slow. Is that, is that going faster? Have you, I, I used to do that with past addresses where we've lived, zoom in on them. So we're going to zoom in today from the big overview to take, okay, that's nice, <laughs> to taking a look at walls on a very personal level. The starting point where we can first see these personal walls being built is in the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis 3. It's the story of humankind, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Right after Adam and Eve decide to eat the fruit of judging between good and evil, hell starts to be felt on earth. Humanity begins to build walls. At that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. At some point, we realize we're not happy who we are as we are. And we feel an uncontrollable urge to cover up. And this reminds me of one of the most heartbreaking things I witnessed as a mom. Witnessing my child's first moment of discomfort with some little part of who they were. Hiding themselves as they come out of the bath. Embarrassment over a little mistake. Seeing this just first glimpse of not feeling at ease killed me. Because I felt like something so beautiful had been lost. And there was nothing I could do to prevent it. It's part of being human. And in this unease, we might put on a fig leaf, build a personal wall that we feel, so that we feel a little less exposed to the risks in life. There are all kinds of fig leaves worn for all kinds of reasons. But today I want to talk about a specific kind of fig leaf because I've noticed it recently in my life and maybe you've noticed it in your life too. It's the kind of fig leaf that we notice when we look at our interactions with the people around us. So today I'm going to share with you an up-close and very personal look at my inner world and share what 
fig leaves might look like and how they work in the nitty gritty of life. Before we do that, I'd like to pray. God, thank you that your spirit is here with us. And God, as, as I speak, I just pray that you would help us to see ourselves clearly, to see you more clearly, and to experience the hope and life and joy that you offer us. In Jesus' name, amen. So just last Sunday, I was talking to a friend over lunch, and at some point in the conversation, I said, I am insecure. And then we went on with our conversation. And as I walked down the street after lunch, I felt a little bit unsettled. Something wasn't sitting well with me. And I started thinking more about the interaction, and then I realized it was almost identical to another interaction I had had just a few weeks earlier where I also said, I am insecure. Hmm. So I'm walking down the street thinking about this, and new insights started coming to mind. I felt like I could see myself a bit more clearly, kind of like when you were a little kid playing connect the dot and you start getting a picture of what you're drawing. I felt like God was showing me something that was hindering me from connecting with people more deeply in my life. And then I thought of another conversation I had had with another friend. We were walking home from work, and we were talking about working out and strength training, and I told her, I am weak. And it was after remembering this third conversation that a light bulb went off in my mind. And I realized, sometimes I think my feelings are actually who I am. Instead of saying, I'm feeling really insecure about my fashion sense, or I don't have a ton of upper body strength, I told these friends what I've written on a few fig leaves. I am weak. I am insecure. Because sometimes I think my feelings are actually who I am. I make a fig leaf by using what I feel to define who I am. I've taken my feelings about certain things and used them to define how I see myself and how others see me. These fig leaves act like walls. They create a false reality that makes true connection difficult. And what makes this tricky ground in my relationships is that I don't believe these fig leaves all the time. Maybe uh, I 60 to 90% believe that that fig leaf is true. Deep down, there's a 10 to 40% chance I'm wrong. And it's because I don't believe it fully that it can cause connections to go wonky. So here's an example of how this happens. We work as a pastoral team, me and Caroline and John and Charles 
And part of that teamwork is that each week, generally around Wednesday, whoever is going to be speaking that Sunday sends their sermon notes out to the pastoral team so that we get a sense of what they're going to be talking about so that we can give input or ideas. And that's how we work together as a team. And it has worked really well because we respect each other, we like each other, so it's been very good and helpful. Except I don't share my notes. Well, actually, I did share them this week because I made a New Year's resolution to share my notes in the new year. But until this week, I had not shared my notes with the team because I didn't feel confident they were any good. And I knew that if that feeling was true, that they actually weren't good, I'd have to go back and think of something else and write something else. And this taps into the big, overwhelming feeling I struggle with. I don't, I feel like I don't have anything to say on Sundays. And I 90% believe that's true. So if my team were to tell me, Sarah, and they have, you do have something to say. Can you see where our connection would get a little wonky? Because I, want to, I will reply and say, no, I don't. You're wrong. And if they were to say, okay, Sarah, maybe you're right. Maybe you don't have anything to say which they haven't, I would get offended and say, how dare you say I don't have anything to say? Can you see the tension that I put my team in? Don't say I have something to say yet. Don't say I don't have something to say. It's crazy. It's a feeling I've adopted as truth and turned it into a fig leaf a wall that keeps me from connecting. It gets in the way of God's goodness from flowing in and out of my life. So these fig leaves make it hard to see ourselves accurately. They wall us up off from connection with people. They make it really hard for folks to truly know us. And these fig leaves put a barrier between us and God. Over the years... I've collected evidence that supports what I'm feeling or what I've felt in the past is the truth about who I am. I was a sickly child. I had whooping cough when I was a little kid that my parents thought I would never fully recover from. I remember being one of the few kids who couldn't do a chin-up in elementary school, and it really bothered me. I was on the cheer team with super athletic girls in high school who could outrun me, outjump me. They could do forward flips, back flips, handstands, and I couldn't do a cartwheel. I almost drowned while trying to impress my boogie boarding boyfriend. I've had lifeguards check on me to make sure I'm okay in the pool. These experiences left me feeling puny, and weak. And even though I'm healthy and I've worked out for like 20 years plus, I still wear a fig leaf that says, I 
am weak. And although it's not an accurate view of who I am, it's a familiar view. And it's so familiar, I forget I'm wearing it. So maybe as I'm sharing my story, you're wondering if maybe you've sewn up some fig leaves for using what you feel to define who you are. Maybe it's a fig leaf that has some inadequacy you feel on it. Or maybe it's a fig leaf that overstates who you are to hide your inadequacy. Before we move on, let's just take a few minutes of reflection. We're going to have four questions scrolling through. And it's just a time to think about whether or not you might have some fig leaves in your life. Well, hopefully that time of reflection helped you see some things uh, maybe that you hadn't realized that God wants to do something good with. So whether we're aware of it or not, a fig leaf has implications in our life because we don't have an accurate view of ourselves our whole perspective on life can get skewed. When I act as if my feelings are reality, it can neg negatively affect the choices I make. When I believe the fig leaf, I am weak, I find myself more likely to do less than I'm capable of, or resigning myself to sit on the sidelines and it's almost like I can feel the walls of my fig leaf close in and shrink my life. What I feel can be different from reality. What I feel can be the opposite of what God is actually doing. So this fig leaf can make it really hard to identify the good stuff that God is doing in my life. And I wonder if the story in Genesis 3 might have taken a different turn if instead of putting on fig leaves and hiding from God, what if Adam and Eve had went to God to talk about how they felt ashamed? What might have happened if they had asked him, I just realized I'm naked and I'm so embarrassed and uncomfortable. Why do I feel this way? And come to think of it, God, why did you let me be naked in the first place? How might this story might have changed? Walls get built inside of us when we believe what we feel is actually who we are, yet we don't avoid having fig leaves by avoiding our feelings. Emotions open the door to asking hard questions. Questions we need to explore in order to live an authentic life. Questions like, does life make sense? Is there any real purpose to my pain? Why must every relationship end? Is God really good? To understand ourselves honestly, 
to know God more fully. It's important to listen to our feelings and learn what they have to teach us about ourselves and how we view God. I'm finding that an encounter with God brings me to reality, gives me a perspective that helps me understand what's beyond my feelings and touches the core of who I really am. That's the power of the cross. God's spirit has been unleashed and is breaking through, bringing life and love and hope. Sometimes we might feel stuck in what we feel, imprisoned. But the gospel news is that the prison doors are open and God's spirit will lead us to a life without walls where there's only good. And our spiritual journey is learning to trust God bit by bit, stepping out and following him into freedom, a life that's authentically us. I sometimes get a glimpse of something more that God might be doing and want to do in my life, feeling a call to more, and I leave my fig leaf behind and take a step forward And then sometimes take a step back behind the fig leaf again to what feels familiar. But each time I take a step forward, I find that going back doesn't feel as good as it once did because I got a taste of something more. And throughout this journey, when I stop and take a time to reflect and to pray, Sometimes I start out feeling a little discouraged because I see that pattern that I have. But I get a sense that God isn't. He's not disappointed or frustrated with me. And I've found that I leave these times of interacting with God feeling uplifted and hopeful. And I have a better perspective on what he's doing in my heart in leading me to a life without walls. In Colossians 2, it says that Christ has canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. That's good news. And in Ephesians, we read, Christ himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier dividing the dividing wall of hostility. It's Christ's power that removes the fig leaves, not ours. When we try, we just create another fig leaf. Our attempts do that from time to time. It's our job to be open and cooperate the best we can, to let go of our attempts to deal with shame or fig leaves ourselves, And let God into those areas. So with that in mind, we're going to end with a little bit of prayer. I frequently start spiritual direction sessions with something that's called breathing prayer. And it's a prayer that's meant to help us settle ourselves and put us in a receiving posture towards God. And after the breathing prayer, you'll have a few minutes to pray on your own. So to start this breathing prayer, if you feel comfortable, 
you can close your eyes and take a few deep breaths, probably bigger than you're used to, really filling up your lungs, holding it for a moment, and then exhaling. With your next inhale, breathe in God's love. And breathe out worry. Breathe in God's peace. Breathe out restlessness. Breathe in God's presence. Breathe out resistance. Now as we start our individual prayer time, I'm going to start with this question. Do you notice a feeling that you've accepted as truth that might be acting like a fig leaf in your life? Take a moment to talk to God about what you've noticed. And if you're ready, invite God to come into those areas. God, thank you for the work you're doing in our hearts. Thank you for your kind, gentle, and loving leading a life without walls. In Jesus' name, amen.